0: attention listeners do you ever find yourself struggling to decide what to watch on a saturday night when you're in the mood for horror or perhaps you're trying to round out your own horror film education in either case i'm sure you'll be able to make some great discoveries in my 10 x 10 horror watch list featuring a breakdown of the 10 favorite horror movies from 10 renowned horror directors we did a deep dive of the favorite horror movies from directors including Guillermo del Toro, Ari Aster, Jordan Peele, Quentin Tarantino, James Gunn, Rob Zombie, Martin Scorsese, and many, many more. Here you'll find a collection of each director's favorite horror movies, along with quotes about what they appreciated about the films, all in an easy to reference PDF that you can download absolutely free. Featuring a mix of well-worn classics and deep cuts, hopefully you'll discover some overlooked gems and look at old classics through new lenses. Download the 10x10 Horror Watch list for free by visiting nicktaylor.com slash horrorguide. That's nicktaylor.com horrorguide. We're also brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee. It's the number one choice of horror fans worldwide. Nothing starts your day or night better than a delicious cup of Deadly Grounds. Whether you're hunting ghosts or fighting the next zombie apocalypse, any one of Deadly's 30-plus roasts will bring you to caffeine nirvana with the richest flavor you've ever had. Whether you're craving their Hellhound Roast, Witch's Brew, Devil's Night Roast, or Sinful Delight, order online at GetDeadly.com for easy and safe shipping right to your door. We know that once you go Deadly, you won't go back. Join the deadly revolution today. Be bold, be different, be deadly. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. Get some at (laughs) getdeadly.com. Welcome back to the Nick Taylor Horror Show. Chris Baugh is an Irish writer and director who made his directorial debut with Bad Day for the Cut in 2017. His new movie, The Boys of County Hell, is a vampire film set in Northern Ireland. I really enjoyed this movie. I'm a big fan of the vampire genre, but prefer edgier and more unique takes on the genre. And this definitely is what Boys of County Hell delivers on. The movie follows a group of road workers who have to survive the night when they accidentally awaken an ancient Irish vampire. It delivers the gore as well as the laughs, and it has some very cool mythology, some of which actually involves Bram Stoker. I highly recommend it. And uh, Boys of County Hell is now streaming on Shudder. So without further ado, here is director Chris Baugh. (laughs) Chris Baugh, great to see you, man. How's it going? Good to see you. Yeah, really good. Really good. So, really enjoyed Boys of County Hell, and uh, I mean, I feel like as far as vampire movies, this felt so grounded in such a, a very authentic reality, which I always think makes the horror element work better when you just ground the movie in something that just feels very, very real. I think The Shed is a, is a great example of that as well, but uh, yeah, as far as, as far as vampire movies, this was very unique and very different. So I'm curious as to how the idea came together. Um, You were working with some very interesting lore here about Bram Stoker and uh, just a lot of very unique stuff. How did the idea, you know, gel together?
1: Well, it's interesting that you say, like, that's what you say about authenticity and that it felt grounded because that's sort of where the initial spark of the idea came from. It came from me wanting to do something that felt uh, authentic to where I'm from in Northern Ireland and the kind of people that I grew up around and the kind of sense of humor and the just the character of, of, of where I'm from in the, in the countryside and in right. Northern Ireland and wanting to do something. And this was many years ago whenever I came up with the initial idea, I was wanting to do that, but, but do it within the architecture of a genre film. Mm-hmm. you know, do, And I love the vampire genre because like this was, you know, a few years ago and I hadn't seen a lot of sort of genre movies come out of Northern Ireland, especially. Yeah, And I grew up in the eighties and just love, you know, Carpenter and Sam Raimi and, you know, all, all all the classic sort of '80s horror. So I wanted to do something that was, that, like I say, felt authentic to where I'm from, but but mixed with with uh, with cool genre stuff. And then in the development of the script, you know, I'm wanting to do something within the vampire genre but trying to make it fresh, I came across, you know, my research. I came mm-hmm. across uh, this legend of Avertak, you know, which was a really cool sort of jumping off point. Yeah. Um, to to base an Irish vampire story around.
0: Very cool. So the legend goes, Avertac was an actual person who Bram Stoker, who's actually Irish, not a lot of people know that, based the idea of Dracula off of. And well, was... well,
1: no, that's not, that's, it's, so it's, it's, Avertac is a real legend There okay. are like of this, and it's one of the first ever sort of legends of like a blood drinking undead creature that rises from the grave, and he was this chieftain who would come back and demand like, blood from his servants and all this kind of thing and to stop him you had to stab him through the heart with a sword made from yo wood and like pot you know which is you know maybe where wooden stakes came from people don't really know Mm. the theory that it influenced them but what i was interested in was not you know so much kind of trying to do this definitive like this is this is what influenced dracula it was more coming from a place of character where you have this group of characters and they have this legend in their small town, and that's all they have going for them. Right, and they, they feel kind of pissed off that like no one's given them the credit that they deserve. <laughs> you know, even though it may or may not be true. Yeah. Um, so that was what really interested me to come to come at it from a place of character, and then on top of that, we sort of we took the legend of Avertak as like a jumping off point. And what's really cool about I thought about the legend was that he can't be killed. You know, he can only be sort of imprisoned in the ground, and you have to. Right. Find- brave with stones and i just thought that was that was really fun but we built on top of that as well with our own kind of mythology you know we as i say we weren't looking to do something that's like here's the definitive legend of avartak it was right taking it from a, as a jumping off point and then sort of trying to build on it
0: ourselves very, very cool and this started off as a short right you originally did a short
1: yeah i know 100 i'd been you know making short films and trying to get my first feature made. And, and this was one of my, one of my ideas and one of my scripts, <clears throat> you know, this is about eight years ago. Yeah. And, uh, me and my writing partner, producing partner, Brendan Mullen, we decided we'd go off and make a short film, sort of proof of concept and expected that we would make that short and like take it and show it to sales agents and can, and they would give us, you know, a couple of million dollars to, to go mm-hmm. and make the feature. That didn't happen of course, cause we were, you know, super naive, but, um, what we did do is we made the short. We met Nigel, who plays Francie, so that was a mm-hmm. great, a great sort of find on the short film and a great working collaboration that came out of that. And then we, we we can after the short we continued to develop the script for the feature. And we weren't ready really at that point, I think, to take on the feature because you know there's so many effects in it and, sort yeah. of and that kind of thing. So we went off and made another film called Bad Day for the Cut. Which yep. ended up being our first feature film, which starred Nigel. We actually wrote that movie for Nigel. Oh, cool! Yeah, so we wrote that for him because we knew what a great actor he was. Um, and then, uh, and then off the back of Bad Day from the Cut, uh, Bad Day for the Cut, we were able to finally get Boys from County Hell financed. So it was a long road, um, but we just kind of kept at it, and you know, yeah. because during that time, since the short, we kept developing the script and building it out and, and all that kind of thing and refining.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I really loved Bad Day for the Cut. It was just like just so just a mean, gritty, but full of heart piece of filmmaking. Could you talk about how you were able to get that off the ground? Like your, your overall first movie, I feel like for a lot of directors is, is a big one, you know, being yeah, able to raise the financing and all of that.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, we're very lucky in uh, in in Northern Ireland that we have Northern Ireland screen, um, which is like the government film body that uh-huh. you know finances and helps young filmmakers sort of financing shorts and developing scripts and all that kind of thing. And they've been very good to us throughout our career. You know, they've they've financed a lot of our shorts. and We have a really good relationship with them. So after a few shorts, they kind of came to us and they were like, do you guys have a script um, for this scheme that we're running called the new talent focus? Now, what the new talent focus is, is basically Northern Ireland screen will give a first time filmmaker the budget of their first movie Mm-hmm. um for like 250 sort of 200 to two hundred and fifty thousand, you know micro yeah everything but enough to make a good movie so they came to us and they asked us did we have a project that might fit that scheme because you know they would like us to put in for it um so me and brendan said yes we did uh we didn't actually really have anything <laughs> we were thinking about but we're like let's go and write something really quickly that yeah. uh, that that could work for this and let's write something for nigel because right. when you know, we knew, we, like low budget filmmaking, you know, a lot of the time you'll, you'll run into problems with casting because you may not have enough money and you can't get an actor for like five weeks or four weeks or whatever, or a really good actor. So we're like, let's take that out of the equation and let's write our first feature for this guy that we know is an amazing actor. And let's yeah. t- tailor the part to him and then build all these other characters around him. So we wrote that first draft, I think in a month. Oh, wow. And, uh, and, and sent it in and we didn't get in for that that year on the new talent focus thankfully um the script wasn't really ready because we wrote it in a month but but then we were able to develop it with Northern Ireland screen for you know a, a good length of time and um they were you know invaluable kind of process with them and really pushed us on the script so then the next year we were able to uh to to they, they came in to font to green light the movie Basically, so after, after a year of development, they, they sort of give us the budget and they're like, you know, there you go, guys, go and go make your movie. And, and uh, that's sort of how, how it worked. And as I say, we wrote it. There's a lot in Bad Day for the Cut for that sort of budget. You know, there's yeah. a lot of locations, a lot of cast. Again, we wanted to do something that had a sort of action to it and stunts and effects. and But we wrote it in such a way that we knew we could do it. You know, mm-hmm. everything that we put in the script, we're like, okay, that'll be tricky, but you know based on the shorts and stuff we done we knew it was achievable within and we were working to a set budget so it was all you know written in such a way that that it was it was possible you know what i mean right
0: yeah i heard you in previous interviews talk about how with Bad Day, you learn how to ma- do big production value elements for a low budget. And it sounded like it really prepared you for Boys of County Hell in a big way. Could you talk about some of the, you know, the lessons learned in terms of doing things that feel high budget, but, but for a low budget, whether it's action sequences or, you know, effects or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I'm lucky because I write my own stuff. So it starts for me in the writing, you know, trying to come up with creative sequences yeah, um, and creative you know, action beats or, 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 or horror beats or whatever it is that um, are gonna, you know, th- it's the creativity hopefully that will make people kind of sit back in the seat as opposed to trying to do stuff for a high high production value or a high budget, you know, mm-hmm. lots of effects and all that kind of thing. But so so it starts for me in the writing, you know, what can be done on a budget here, but that will feel new and fresh. Right. And, that's a hard part, right, is, is right. Doing, in the script. So there are moments in Boys from County Hell, you know, the ending especially where we knew, like, I don't want to get the spoilers, but they're, they're different. And and you know, a thing people always talk about in Bad Day is, um, you know, how Francie or sorry, Donal uses different sort of kitchen implements to to you know in his in his uh, rampage of revenge. And all that, that yeah. all came from the script. So starting in the script, and then you know, really for me, it's prep, 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 prep. Yeah. Uh, mm. Filmmakers out there is so important, especially when you're working on this kind of budget and shot list and everything and storyboard and everything. And you know, trying to like you know my job is to have the entire crew and the my entire team on the same page and know exactly what we're doing,
0: yeah, you know,
1: day to day because you have so little time and you don't want to burn time or waste time. And uh, that, those are the big things for me, and then also you know, casting like, I'm obsessive about casting and trying to find the right people for the parts and, you know, to get the chemistry right between the characters and all that kind of thing. So, no, I I spend a lot of time in that and the casting process as well.
0: Um, Yeah, that was something I wanted to drill down with you a little bit more because your casting seems just, you know, pitch perfect with outlandish concepts like vampires and things like that. If you have really good actors, it just grounds the story. But a lot of your actors are not only super talented, but they have such great chemistry between amongst each other. I mean, particularly with Boys of County Hell. I mean, it's such an ensemble cast. Could you talk about your approach to casting and your approach to enabling chemistry between the actors that you do that you do have? I mean, how, how do you arrive at that chemistry? Do you cast for chemistry, or do you you put the actors through rehearsals, or you know, how do you how do you first of all cast right and then ensure that chemistry is there?
1: casting right you know i i try to be you know i see tapes obviously but i, I try to be in the room as much as possible and meet people yeah. and chat to them and you know give them some direction and read through the scenes different ways and just kind of get a feel for you know my chemistry with, with with the actor yeah as well and just seeing them in person and you know that kind of thing and it is a very intuitive sort of process but but i i do try to see people you know, a couple of times if possible, um, you know, I'll go back and give them different scenes and, um, and, you know, if I can, then I'll, I'll see people together. We were able to do that a little bit on Bad Day for the Cut not so mm-hmm. much on Boy Hardy Hell. So for me, it's sort of trying, you know, I was seeing everyone separately. So it, then it's trying to visualize the ensemble in my head and, you know, I'll put pictures together and kind of, you know, watch tapes side by side and just mm. try to get a feel of, of, you know, cause I have an idea in my head of, of and, and Boys from County Hill that core group was so important, you know, that we, we were on their side and we liked them and we were with them and we knew, you know, we felt the relationships and the love between them. So, yeah. um, you know, it's sort of, it's a long roundabout answer of just like being really obsessive and lots of sleepless nights and kind of looking <laughs> at it over and over and over again. Um, But then whenever i have made my my choice and i do feel like you know event you know again for the filmmakers out there and the directors eventually you have to make a choice and it comes down to that you know that instinctive thing and you hope you make the right one i feel like i i usually get there like Mm -hmm. i usually make the right kind of call um whenever it comes to crunch time and then i do try to see people you know do do a little bit of rehearsal like on so on boys from county hell we did I had a day of rehearsal with uh, Jack who plays Eugene, Nigel who plays Francine, Claire, uh, Mm -hmm. Louisa, sorry, who plays Claire. And that was just really fun. And again, you know, to see those people, those guys together and, you know, have the crack of kind of going through the script and laughing and joking and talking through like the themes and the ideas and the characters and stuff. Um, But that was it. That was it. for rehearsal. Just one day with those three. Yeah. But even then, like that was, they were kind of a, you know, the, the core of the core kind of group. And, uh, the chem- we could, i could see right away like that there was a there was a connection between the three of them which was great and the chemistry and a humor yeah there. and then, and then uh, i was able to get like a uh, a table read just a, a one re- you know one read through the script with the whole cast mm-hmm. together and even seeing them around the table whatever it was like three four days production you know it puts my mind at ease slightly because yeah like, all right this is going to be fun like i can feel there's a there's a there's a chemistry between everyone and a connection between them and you know they're getting the laughs and they're they're buying into what the thing is and and all that so
0: yeah, and I feel like that's such an ingredient that's missing from so many movies, particularly in the horror genre where you have actors who were just kind of on their own level and they don't really gel together and it just takes you so out of the reality, you know, um, and I feel like it just behooves directors so much to get that chemistry right between, between the actors and, and from what I'm hearing, all it takes is, you know, you need the right actors obviously but, you know, yeah. a day or two of rehearsing and script reading and just making sure everybody's laughing at the same jokes and just getting on that same level is so important for the just cohesiveness and believability of your movie.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean that's the key thing is making sure, and again that's my job is making sure everyone's on the same page. Yeah. In terms of what it is we're trying to, you know, we're trying to achieve and we're trying to make. And I'll show the actors, you know, separately like reference films or like we had cut like a little trailer, like a little sort of sizzle reel trailer together, you know, for sales agents and stuff, which kind of sold the tone of the film. And I'll Mm -hmm. show them that and story, I'll uh, flick through the storyboards and kind of talk through them and act out the scenes. So they, they have a, a real sense of, you know, we're not making a, you know, a, a straight ahead drama here. Right. Right. <laughs> Hearts coming out of backs and people getting stabbed with poles and, you know, <laughs> trying to, you know, get them on the same page of what the tone is that we're, that we're trying to go to. But, but also then whenever we're on set, allowing them to bring their own toolbox to it and their own creativity to it. Cause once we're on the set, then, from like i believe that you know to the individual actor the character is yours yeah now. so you show me what you're what you're bringing you know and i'll kind of guide it one way or the other but like i feel if i've done my job like i said before prep 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 if i've done my job in the pre-production with the casting then on set it should be a fun process where it's just getting better because the actor's bringing you know cooler and cooler stuff to the to the part and we're all kind of you know going in that same, that same direction.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was, um, there was a quote that I read from you from another previous interview. And you, you basically said uh, making movies is about surrounding yourself with the right team and then getting out of the way and letting them do their job (laughs) and trusting your instincts. And I feel like that's huge, particularly, you know, people who kind of subscribe to auteur theory of, of directing, uh, I think some people are, you know, there's a lot of directors who were just kind of control freaks and they just over push and prod their actors and it takes them out of the overall process. But at the same time, you do you do need a level of you know, control for the sake of quality or for the sake of executing your vision. So, you know, I mean, I, that quote really struck me. So I'm curious just about like what is what is your balance to being able to, like you said, do the work up front, but then just let go and let all these people that you hired and, and painstakingly worked with. At what point can you let go and let them, you know, do their job and just kind of get out of the way?
1: Yeah, well, I never totally let go, but it's, it's like a benign dictatorship, isn't it, of, of, <laughs> uh, of a film set, you know? So I have the confidence in myself that ultimately I'll have the final say. Yeah. So I don't, I don't need to, you know, throw ego around. For me, it's about like doing my job upfront and making sure I have a very clear vision of what the film is going to be, and then that's the first step. The second step is uh, communicating that with your team. Yeah, uh, I'm lucky that I work with a lot of the same people. Like my, you know, two of my best friends is, are the, the the editor and the um, the DOP. That oh, wow, did both that Day and and Boys from County so I We have a very close knit team here in, in Northern Ireland, of guys that I work with. So we have a shorthand. But for me, it's like I, you know, I have that clear idea in my head of what I want. The thing to be and then i communicate that with everyone and we talk and we discuss it's a discussion and we talk about it and you know we, we you know we, we we i get everyone on the same page you know and then allow them to again to bring their creativity so we're all moving in the same direction when we get on set yeah but you know ryan the dop will come up with like a better you know shot than i had originally planned and that's best idea wins you know you know yeah. what I mean? like, it's it's that kind of thing. That, that's what I mean. Like you know, I I I don't have this massive ego where it's like this has to be my way and that's it. It's like if there's a better idea, then that's what we'll do. Yeah. Or if my way is better, then that's what we'll do. And it's just trying to keep that clear right, vision in the head for what it's going to be. Because um, the movies, both my films, they have a specific tone, I think, and it's and, and I have the confidence that I can that I can hit that, um, and then just like you know, let other people kind of come in and, 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 and go on that journey with me. So it feels like a, you know, a true collaboration, which is what it is that for me, like that's what making films is. And I like making films with my friends, Yeah, you know, um, and with the team that I have here and, you know, the actors that I've worked with again and again and all that kind of thing. And, you know, it sh- it's, it's, so, it's such a grind for like two, you know, two years of your life or whatever. So it should be fun. I mean, a physical grind, you know, making a film. So for me, it's like, and long hours and, you know, all that kind of thing. So it should be, should be an enjoyment mm-hmm. and it, um you know don't get me wrong it has to be good as well but right <laughs> the process should be should be fun for me I mean, that's all.
0: yeah I mean, you know, i feel like it can be as long as you do you know the work up front yeah which i think is a, a real fine balance um well speaking of the the tones of the movies i'm curious as to what were the reference films that you showed your actors for for county hell
1: oh i gotta think back now um i showed uh showed Nigel Evil Dead 2 I think nice um Dog Soldiers was a big one
0: okay in
1: terms of tone because I think that movie has like a real uh it has a real it's like a horror film with a kind of darkly comic sense of humor yeah kind of what we were trying to go for you know that that was always my my intention was like this is a horror film with a darkly comic sense of humor rather than an out horror comedy right um, that was that was sort of my always my intention. Um, brain dead as well, or dead alive as you Love guys that know. One. You call it. The young the younger actors especially had never seen that. I was oh, like, guys, oh, you actually made Lord of the Rings. They're just kind of blown away. <laughs> like, but just even like you know, for, for Branded, obviously the um, you know the incredible gore and the incredible ending um, that that last sort of thirty minutes is one of the greatest you know pieces of cinema so ever. So
0: good, it's so good, but also.
1: With that movie, like it was, it was also the the human relationship, you right. know, Lionel's mother, because um, we were we were dealing with like a father and son story in this. So it was, you know, showing the guys that and saying like, yeah, this is one of the greatest genre films of all time, but there's also this really human story at the center yep. of it, um, which is very, which was key for what we were trying to do. So, but again, and with that stuff, like I think as well, it's for me, it's like here's a flavor of you know showing the actors sort of like just to give a sense. Because we're trying to do our own thing, right? Yeah, you know, we're, but it's it's just giving people a, a sort of just a sense of the, of the of the world that
0: we're in and a film education. Because it sounds like people hadn't seen Brain Dead before, which yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. work on a movie like yours, you need to have seen Brain Dead, Evil Dead, yeah. you know, all the right ones. Um, horror comedy is always almost like a touchy subject. A lot of people don't like horror comedies, or they say that they don't work, which I think is absolutely not true, but. Um, but I feel like with your movie, it didn't feel like a comedy, but there were a lot of laughs in it. But it did have this kind of undercurrent of just lightheartedness and, you know. Um, I'm curious as to what was your approach to the uh, the overall, the, the comedic element?
1: It was, for me, like w- with this one and with Bad Day, it's kind of just trying to be, it's, for me, it's trying to be true to the characters. Um, and trying to create these authentic characters and then have them react in authentic ways to, yeah. Uh, hyper, you know, uh, over the top situations, um, and like, so we would laugh, and but we were never trying to like um, hit jokes. I right. guess in, in a way, it was more like the way I kind of the way I told it to the actors was like these guys will treat. Killing vampires in the same way that they treat digging holes in the ground or doing overtime. Right. You know they're gonna be annoyed about it. You know they're gonna be like, oh, "For fuck's sake!" Man. you know that that kind of the, the, these roughneck kind of Irish construction workers. Yeah. They're gonna treat this, you know, the same way. That was the, the, the sort of the tone that I that I told the actors, and that's what we tried to go for on the on the set. So, so it's yeah, it's that it's that human reaction, trying to create authentic human reaction to. Yeah. To to these over-the-top situations is, is what I always try to go for.
0: Throughout the course of your career, were there any books that were particularly helpful to you, either as a writer, as a director, or from a career perspective? And was there any any books or resources that were helpful for you?
1: You mean like 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 filmmaking
0: books? Filmmaking books, screenwriting books, anything?
1: Um screenwriting books i mean i read all the you know the big ones back in in the the day probably in college like story and sid field and all that kind of stuff but i think some like the best resource for me in recent years has definitely been um like the the script notes podcast you know oh okay writing john august craig mazin uh, because those two guys are obviously top of their game writers and just give the most profound amazing advice you know yeah on a on a, on a on you know on a global level but also in a really kind of nuts and bolts craft level as well very cool so that's yeah they, they, they like i love that like yeah, like yeah. i love listening to them and then and just listening to filmmakers as well you know i think there's so many of those books out there and so many kind not you know not to slag off any one individual book, but, but you know like write a screenplay and in, in you know over the holiday kind of all thing right. all that and i i've always liked listening to to the guys who do it you know the like you know podcasts and interviews and dvd extras oh, yeah. the day, whenever they existed um, still do yeah just hear it from the horses mouth you know the people who are actually out there doing it and making the good shit that you like mm-hmm. uh, and hearing them talk about it i think is that's that's my favorite way to kind of or what, you know to yeah
0: it makes all the sense in the world. Well, Chris, there's a whole lot of fun. What is next for you?
1: Um, next, we have a few things. Um, nothing really I can talk about. We have a project that we're we're writing with Legendary at the minute. Me and Brendan. Um, Very cool. And you know, we're, we have a couple of other things. And are you sticking
0: with horror or going back to your kind of pulp roots?
1: Uh, it's a genre film.
0: Yeah. Uh, um,
1: okay, kind of with a horror slant to it, but nice. yeah. Cool. Well, uh, hopefully there'll be an announcement soon about about whatever the next one is because uh, I want to get back on the set.
0: Yeah, yeah, But bet. Well, I'll be looking forward to it, man. Uh, real pleasure talking to you and huge congratulations on the movie. Really enjoyed the hell out of it. And uh, yeah, can't wait to see what you do next, man.
1: Thanks very much, Nick. Really enjoyed talking to you. Cheers, buddy.
0: Thanks. All right. So here, as always, are some key takeaways from this conversation with Chris Baugh. Number one, Ground your movie in your own reality. When working within a genre, especially horror, it's easy to get stuck in cliches and to create something that feels like it's been done before. Horror is unfortunately becoming a sea of sameness, which is why it's important to put a deeply personal spin on your work. We've never seen a vampire movie set within Northern Ireland, and as a result, Boys from County Hell felt extremely unique and fresh because it had a sensibility and a sense of reality that went beyond verisimilitude and just felt deeply personal. And this is because it was based on Chris's actual experiences. So there's a magic combination that happens when you write a deeply personal story and you put it within a genre. Number two, cast authentic characters for believable horror. This is definitely an extension of the first point, but casting people who look, act, and talk like real people gives your movie a level of reality that makes the horror element work. Because again, it grounds it in reality. The ensemble cast of Boys from County Hell was fantastic. Not only great actors, but their chemistry and camaraderie felt so real, which really made the movie sing. This all comes down to casting, specifically casting for authenticity. The Coen brothers are famously good for doing this. So when casting, look for actors who feel real and who can bring their real personalities to the character. It'll make the movie work better and it'll make the movie scarier because you will actually believe the characters and likely care about them. Number three, always have something even when you don't. Before Chris did his first movie, he was asked by a film fund in Ireland if he had something that they might be interested in financing. He didn't, but he said that he did, and then he ran home and he wrote the screenplay for Bad Day for the Cut, which I highly recommend. It's now streaming on Netflix. He wrote the screenplay in about a month, and although he didn't get funded that year, he got funded the year after. This is a testament to two things. Sometimes you need external pressure to finally get you to finish that screenplay. So if you have the opportunity to commit to delivering someone a screenplay, commit to it. Sometimes the pressure is what you need to finally bring your work over the finish line. The other thing is that if you have an opportunity, any opportunity, at all costs, take it. Even if you're not prepared, say yes and figure it out after the fact. It worked for Chris and it may just work for you. Anyway, guys, thank you as always for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, why not share it with your friends and family on social media? Don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at I'm Nick Taylor, that's I am Nick Taylor, and on Twitter at the same handle. Thanks again for listening to the Nick Taylor Horror Show. Hey guys one last thing before you head out if you haven't already don't forget to check out my 10 by 10 horror watch list how would you like a list of the 10 favorite horror movies of 10 of your favorite horror directors well i just hooked your ass up the 10x10 10 10 Horror Watch List features a breakdown of the 10 favorite horror movies from 10 renowned horror directors, including Ari Aster, James Gunn, Quentin Tarantino, Jordan Peele, Martin Scorsese, and many, many more, all in an easy-to-reference PDF. You can download this guide for free as my gift to my dear listeners at nicktaylor.com slash horrorguide. That's nicktaylor.com slash horrorguide. Check it out and let me know what you think.